everybody, guess what? This is Mega Shane, and we're here to give y'all a shout. We're gonna give you something. <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> we're mentally still on Thanksgiving break. Yeah, I am, because I enjoy like, getting up early and not going to CrossFit early. It's sad that I think 8.30 is late. <laughs> That's late for Wow. <laughs> Normally I have to get up and go at 6.30, but then I have to travel, which is about 30 minutes to work, 30 to 40 is according to what the traffic is. So I have to get up early and then, you know, rush to get back and then go off to work. But when I'm off, to sleep until 7.30 is amazing. <laughs> I cannot sleep past, like, maybe 10 o'clock now. Yeah, I can't either. I try, and I try, I'm like... I can't. I used to back in the college days, but I can't do it anymore. Shit, in the college days, you slip to like four or five o'clock in the afternoon. I know, and then just stay in there. You just be where you at in the bed. Have you been in out? No. <laughs> <laughs> Those were the days. Now, like if I sleep in past like ten o'clock, I feel like the day is already gone. Yeah, because it's like you know I will lay down. Like it's been time I lay down. And it's like okay, it's almost ten. What am I doing? I need to get up and do something, even though I have no idea what that is I'm like I gotta get up and do something because there's always something to be done but you feel like I don't want to waste a day and then here in California we got the sun all the time so you feel like you, you feel guilty because you're not out in it so you gotta right. get up and make up something wash your car pay a bill finally something like that that you have to do <laughs> but yeah we're back so how was your Thanksgiving? it was good um, I had a couple of Twitter friends that I've made from years back, um, they usually come on the holidays because um, their family is here. So they'll we all get together and we hang out and talk about stuff. We had a great conversation about dating and men and foolishness. And but you know, and all with the food, it was good. Um, I went to CrossFit the day before and the day of Thanksgiving because I had a Thanksgiving session, which they whooped us. They beat our asses bad. We were doing like almost mile runs, 30-something burpees, all that stuff. I took a picture of it, and I was like, this was so disrespectful. And I'm like, I'm actually eating good. Y'all didn't even think of But then the worst thing was Friday. We went back the next day, and they was like, well, since some of y'all didn't do it, I said, wait, wait, some of us did do good. But then they whooped us again, and I was like, I was done. So for six days, I went six days straight. I was like, you know what? We're not going this Saturday or Sunday. We're just not doing it. No. I might have to try CrossFit. I think it... You might like it. it. Yeah, I might like it because, you know, I'm I'm insane when it comes to, like, working out like that. But I haven't been to the gym since Saturday, so I'm just... You get up, it's dark. You get home, it's dark. It's like, I don't even want to be out the bed right now. Yeah, it's getting cold. It's getting cold over here. I'm like, come on now. Like, it's getting hard to get outside. Okay, well, cold there is <laughs> a different kind of cold here. Yeah. So cold over there is like warm here. Yeah, it's yeah. We ours is like fifty, fifty four degrees. That's cold to us, and it's sad because I used to live in New York, so I don't know why all of a sudden I'm up here running home to get in my sweats and just sit down and like I wouldn't bought some stuff to make chili. And I already had food, but I wanted chili because it was cold. <laughs> speaking, speaking of sweats, so apparently everybody is doing this uh, 
gray uh, sweatpants challenge, and that took me all the way out. I was like, you know what? These thirsty ass boys up on Twitter mm-hmm. are just something else. But you know just, what? I I was disappointed though, because there was a lot of lies too. There was a lot of lies. I had to a call lot the of manager about show. that because I was like, no. There was a few surprises though. Yes, there. If you're thinking what I'm thinking, yes, there was a few surprises. Yes, it was. That one just took me out. <laughs> Let me just say this: we're not saying this because I know once we say it, you may think one way, but that's not what the thing is. So, this actor that we know that we are fans of, Jake Troy, um, you can see him on. He what is he on right now? He is on. Um, He's on. Oh my God! What is that? I can see it. It's 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 something hot right now. We'll get. We have to probably tweet about it. But he's it's been called on the front cover. Yeah. Yeah. So he's on stuff, and he participated in the challenge, and I wasn't ready because you know now this is not the same. This is not the same. The stereotype about Asians. That's because I, I I know for a fact uh, that's not true. Because yes. The, you know, some people been in the streets with with plenty of people, and um, I've been, in other words, I have been with you know men of all different races and everything. And trust me, everybody, everybody has, everybody has things to show. So when he did his, I was like, oh, 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 oh. what, what is this, sir? What is this? I, just, I looked at that. I was like, oh, okay, so. Jake out here trying to uh, prove everything to some people. I said, go here with your bad self, Jake. Proving, advertising, you know, taking the numbers, um, orders. Um, you know, we were placing orders for, you know, some service. So, you know, it was <laughs> it was very interesting. So, you know, you know, congrats to you, Jake, for showing the world that not only you are a gifted, talented actor, but you have other things that are talented as well. So thank you for that. We we wanted to do that shout out for you because that was something we were you know just wasn't expecting to act. You know we always expect some of these you know these Twitter niggas yeah out here to show out stuff with their sunglasses talking about oh it's hot <laughs> and but they show right. other things. But you know he participated. And, you know that was a, that was a good shout out. We we were we were there. We peeped you. We got you. We got yeah. you. Yeah, we we did. We certainly did. So thank you for that. Yes, we will always be your reference. <laughs> right. <laughs> For your application, we always will be, you know, we put us as references. <laughs> exactly. And if you need like a, an in-deep, in-depth reference, you know, just, just look us up. Well, look me but... up because somebody's married and so they're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm married, I'm a married woman. You're a married woman. I know my Thanksgiving. I know we have the show to do, but I know my Thanksgiving was short. Um, <laughs> in the past, like eight—not well, um, even eight days—past like four or five days, I got like eight new games. So I'm bogged down in games. I told you on my backlog is something <laughs> crazy. So I'm trying to take off work here in the past. <laughs> you the said take days. off work just to play some games. <laughs> I just can't. You know, work is just. You know, work works. Yeah, work is, it gets in the way of what you really want to do. Right. Right. Shit. 
I want to be a lazy bum. I want to go back to college where I didn't have to do shit. I just want to have, I just want to have money to where I don't really have to. Like, I want to win the lottery, and but then I'll probably want to work because I'll get bored. But, uh-huh. but I'll be like part time. I'd be like Charlotte, you know, when she got married, she became a docent <laughs> in Sex in the City. I would probably do that. Put me on seasonal. <laughs> yeah, I'll put me on seasonal. And, and, you know, and yeah, we can do that. All right, so we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and get with the show. Right, let's go ahead and pour us up some tea. Get us some tea. There's a lot of things to talk about. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the X-Men. So as I, we've talked about this before, but, you know, the X-Men are coming back strong in comics. Um, mostly because, you know, Marvel, well, the Marvel Studios don't really have much to do with the, with the X-Men series, and that's mostly with Fox and they raggedy asses, but um, they are, you know, rebooting them, getting them back on track, and they released um, who would be on the X-Men Gold and X-Men Blue teams. These would be two separate comics, um, and we saw kind of the teams, so we know we saw the Gold team, in the gold team, we got Storm Colossus and Nightcrawler and Old Man Logan and Rachel Gray. Now, if you don't know who Rachel is, Rachel is the daughter of Scott and Jean from another Turner timeline. And then the blue, we have kind of the, the teen version of the X-Men, the, um, the ones who got um, lost in time. So we have Jean, Scott, um, Beast, um, Angel, and Bobby from the past, which was now in the present. Jean Gray is leading the team. Um, but they're uh, being mentored by McNeito. <laughs> so it was pretty interesting to see that, but at the same time, it was a little sad because we didn't really see kind of a, a step forward. It's kind of a step back because with the gold team, we have kind of the classic team from the 80s. Right. Um, but the neat thing is Storm is not leading. Kitty is leading. Um, in fact, I think Storm, they're saying that Storm told Kitty to lead. So Kitty Pride is lead, is leading the team. Now some people had a problem with that on Twitter. Hmm. Like I was like, ah, I can't argue both ways. Mm-hmm. But let's see where they go. Yeah. And some people had a problem with Beast being back in human form. Yeah. Which uh, again, let's see where they go with this because they could further on explain. He yeah. probably could get you know, his blue fur later on in the series. Now, but, yeah, but they should remember that this is the young beast, though. The, the regular beast is with the Inhumans. So uh-huh. so they shouldn't be too upset. But, I, I mean, I, I get it, because it's like we still... we, I thought they would go back, but we're still keeping them. So I'm trying to figure out why we're still keeping the young X-Men. It's very convoluted and complicated. Yeah. Because, like, if you're starting... If you're coming from, like, me... If you're coming from a reference of, say, the X-Men, the animated series back in the 90s, mm-hmm. and you're trying to read some of the comic books now, there's not a, a really good point of reference to start. So, like, you're starting out with this one, for example. Then you lose all of the, the background story from, like you said, Beast being with the Inhumans. You don't even know what the Inhumans are, so you have to go back and read that. Then you have to go back and read something else. So it's the X-Men timelines whether it be in comics, TV, or uh, movies, it has always been convoluted and complicated. Yeah, and with this story, it's going to be very interesting because um, they're somewhat moving forward. 
And what that would mean is, you know, this is after this will be after the Inhumans versus X Men storyline that will happen too, because we just learned that Cyclops, it, the older Cyclops, is is dead. Um, it was dying from the mist that that it gives the powers to um, the Inhumans. So we learned that. Um, but we will see where this goes. But there is still the Extraordinary X-Men comic, which will have Storm, but we don't know who will be in that group. So that will be a group that probably will be revealed. Probably, hopefully, Magic will still be in there, but we're not sure who will all be in, in that group. So that will be interesting to see, too. But one of the things I was pissed about is Rachel. <laughs> Rachel has the most hideous outfit ever. Now, Rachel used to be Phoenix. She took the powers from her mother, and she has never really had a great outfit. When she first started, she was basically in dance clothes. Like, <laughs> like, like she was wearing, like, leotards and leg warmers because she was created for the 80s. And then she got, like, this dominatrix outfit. And then she wore the phoenix outfit. And, and then something with some big trench coat jacket. But now she looks like... She just looks a mess. And her new name is Prestige. So I don't like this costume. Uh, many people, we've all expressed this online that we do not like this costume, so hopefully they will do something with it, and I don't know, and they gave Kitty short hair again, um, but Storm has went back to her bathing suit outfit, which I'm like, why are we going that far back? Like, I'm not really understanding that either. I don't understand. And now, who uh, who was uh, writing this, uh, the comic book? Do you know? Because I... Uh didn't really look to um, see because I was, I was like, meh. Well, I think um, it's written by Mark Guggenheim, Guggenheim, which is funny because he's, he's in a lot of things right now, but he uh-huh. is, um, he's writing that. He's writing the gold, and I'm not sure he's writing the blue, but he's writing the gold. But I'm going to really pay more attention to the gold because it has my favorite characters. Um, but I We'll see what Mark has to offer um, with this group, and, you know, let's see where they go. Um, You know, again, they do have Old Man Logan, so they don't have the Wolverine that we know. They have another, a turn of timeline version of Wolverine. And um, so we'll see what it's going to, Nightcrawler's back in there too. But I would like to see them in different outfits and and what have you. I mean, don't give Rachel Harbour outfit and put Storm back in her 1975 outfit. Like, that's... Let's, let's do it better than that. Let's do better than that. Right. I always thought Nightcrawler was so underrated. Yeah. I always thought he was underrated. A lot of people have crushes on Nightcrawler. <laughs> He's cute. Yeah, he is cute. Like, I can see it. I can see it. I I can see it. Yeah, I can definitely see it. Yeah. So let's see what else we got. We got, speaking of Mark Guggenheim. So the Nerdist did, like, this interview... Um, with him and some people talking about, you know, if there's gonna, uh, if they're gonna do, you know, ever do like kind of a spinoff, um, and his thing was, and he's the executive producer of Arrow, and um, he said, yeah, we should, and you know, so we was like, well, what is his idea? Well, he hauled out and said <laughs> that he thinks Heatwave should get a spinoff, and I was like, sir. Of all the DC characters? Of all those characters that have been introduced on the show, you said Heatwave. Not Vixen. 
mind you. And we've been wanting for, I don't know, since forever. Yeah, because I was thinking, you might get better, you know, you might get more traction with her than you would with Heatwave. Because Heatwave, to me, is like some of that, is a, like a D-list character. I mean, somebody, I mean, the actor, Dominique Purcell, who plays him is hot, but besides that, I don't think I really want to see a show. Like, this is just an idea, people. This is not really... You know, and I like what you want to do, but this is coming from the executive producer. So you know, if if something is talked about, I'm sure he has words to say. But I don't think this would be a good idea if they make him a spinoff. Yeah, I think they should go with Vixen. I, think I mean, Vixen. you know, when black people want something, we will show up to it. True, and they need it's to really- ride this renaissance right now because I feel like this is the best time to run it. Be like, oh, okay, well. Insecure is doing good. Atlanta's doing good. Queen Sugar's doing good. Mm-hmm. Atlanta Housewives back on TV. So maybe we need to <laughs> <laughs> we need to be first and put in a a black superhero, like a black you know female superhero, black woman superhero, you know, on this thing. And uh, well, she's too again too high yellow for me, and I am high yellow. But um, I would like if they would think about making a show of her. That's all I'm saying. Right. You know, I never really got into Arrow, to be honest, because it was that rich white savior mentality for me. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm i still, like, on the first season. So excuse the hell out of me if I haven't caught up to, like, the current season because I just can't give much of a <laughs> damn about a rich white boy who has everything, but then everybody else has to thank him. You know, that kind of shit rubs me the wrong way. And maybe he loses all his money. I don't I don't know. I just have to... If nothing's on as far as nothing for me to watch, then I will probably tune in. I've tried to watch it. I just didn't... It didn't stick with me to keep going. Like, a lot of the CW superhero shows don't stick with me. I don't know if it's just... I, I don't... They don't... They don't feel meaty enough I feel like that I get more when I'm watching Daredevil or Jessica Jones um, than I do from this or I get more from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. than I get from these shows I don't know what it is I don't know if it's the formula of CW but I just feel like I can't I can't get into them without feeling like this is a mess or this is hokey like the Legends of Tomorrow are are it's like that's like going to Piggly Weekly trying to buy some hamburger meat and you know what type of hamburger meat you're gonna get it's full of gristle and fat, and that's why I feel like we get with some of these shows, and I'm like, I'm it's not doing almost, it. It's almost like the CW is still catering to that teenish sort of crowd. So, mm-hmm. I mean, with the exception of maybe The Flash, a lot of those shows, I feels like we're out of the age group, and we, well, for me personally, I can't identify with it. Mm-hmm. And like that Legends of Tomorrow mess, that was just tragic i had to stop after like the first episode Mm -hmm. because i was just that bored yeah yeah but you know i mean hopefully if they do a spinoff it will not be heat wave i really think they should consider vixen and i really think if they want to move forward and be you know kind of that you know that group that 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 does the next step better than others that's where they need to go and make her dark make her chocolate yeah, that's what she is. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> right. So moving on to the TV world, 
it seems that everybody's favorite zombie show, The Walking Dead, is seeing a really big low a drop-off in ratings. Yeah. I'm like, hmm, I wonder why. Maybe <laughs> it's the fact that you killed off one of the favorite characters. Um, I don't know what to do. I, I mean, well, I don't know what they should do. Maybe <laughs> they should, I don't know, bring them back again. <laughs> bring him back um, no I mean it's funny because in the comics he was supposed to die we know that we know that but I think it's the way it was done because they they pulled these strings where we thought he was dead a season beforehand and then this happened and I think now people are just feeling you know I don't know somebody said it's the election <laughs> and I was like you know maybe it is maybe it's a mix of all these things but you know I, I think but you know, the last couple of episodes have been very interesting. They've been kind of off and on. I know that that 90-minute one was a little like, eh. So, you know, I kind of find myself feeling like I needed, I need something more. But, you know, who knows? Maybe in the next episodes they'll kind of tune up. But I think people are kind of like, you dragged us too much, and we're not ready to come back with this. For me, it seems that Negan is almost like the zombie apocalypse equivalent to uh, Papa Pope. Like, he knows every goddamn thing, so you're not going to get it over on him. So I'm like, yeah. okay, so if that's the case, then there's no need to do the show anymore. Yeah. You know, he know if he knows every damn thing, so that can just be the end game right there. Y'all can cut it off. <laughs> and maybe like, that's it too, yeah, because, you know, it's like Negan is already, he's reached that level, so it's like, how much further can you go, you know? Yeah, and last um, week's, well, this past week's episode was, it, I don't want to say it didn't contribute anything to the overall story, but parts of it they could have cut out. It honestly could have been like a 30-minute episode, and Mm. it would have been okay. Mm. Yeah, I kind of agree. I kind of tuned out because it was so much on Sunday night, because it was the end of Insecure. It was Westworld, which we might want to check out because it's that's getting out there too. Um, and then you know the Housewives, so I got caught up to a point I forgot that it was on. I was like, wow, I forgot that this is on. And I also watched The Affair too, so it's like I'm all these shows are on, and I'm like, oh, I forgot about this, and that's interesting that I forgot about it. Right. Yeah, and then everybody's going to go on to their, their winter break here soon. So mm-hmm. unless they come up with something better in like the next couple of weeks, I don't see them recovering from this kind of deficit that they put themselves in. Yeah, that's true. That is true. So get it together, Walking Dead. I mean, we'll still be here, but we need for y'all to get it together. <laughs> exactly. Let's see. Oh, and then a um, couple of more things. Um, here's some side things that just popped up. So your boy from, uh, I wanted to bring this up because I just saw this. Your boy from RuPaul's Drag Race. Complete. I don't I, I don't know her. <laughs> I already know what's she going on. She has, and I posted on my personal Twitter, the, the like half of the things that she was saying, Lucian or whatever. Piani. Yeah, had talking about all types of nigga, nigga. This I'm just like, like what? What? I don't know what's going on. It was like, well, he's you know, RuPaul came to his defense, kind of, and to say like he's going through something, you know, some mental issues. I'm like, well, you know, that's 
There's a limit. There's a limit. And if he is... Mm. That's so... I mean, I'm not no medical professional by, <laughs> by a long shot. But if you're going through something, the last thing you need to be is on social media. So that's number one. Number two, okay, we all go through some bullshit. But to all of a sudden blurt out, oh, RuPaul is the wisest nigga I know, this, that, and the third. I'm like, that doesn't, to me at least, say that you have a mental issue. It says that you're stupid as hell. Yeah. And number three, not only was he doing this, uh, all this crazy-ass tweets, he was sending Periscope uh, shots of his, uh, his dick everywhere, and I'm like, okay, girl. Just log off. It is okay to just log off. And if and if y'all supposed to be friends of his, then y'all need to be going to do something because y'all letting him just go just too deep into foolishness. And so I feel like if he if he has any friends or if y'all claim to be his friends, y'all need to be doing something because this is ridiculous. I would hope my friends would be like, okay, you need you know, bitch, you need to get help right today, right now. Like I feel like they will drag me out of my place if I was acting up like this so whatever friends he got they need to get it together I don't know what is going on but he needs to I hope he's not producing her next uh, album well I know that damn much I hope nobody's let me quick I'm about to be <laughs> I've yet to know anybody who buys these buys these albums but <laughs> oh I'm not buying no albums from her I'm hmm. buying like maybe singles single. and then putting them on the backlog you know <laughs> something um, but jumping back to the geeky world, so um, America Chavez, which is every, everybody may know her, she was the Young Avenger. She's also Latina. She's also queer, um, and a pretty powerful powerhouse. Almost like a rogue. She's almost like rogue in a way with powers and all that great stuff. She got her own comic coming out. Um, we was gonna mention this last week, but we kind of forgot. But um, her comic's coming out. It's going to be written by Gabby Rivera, who is also queer. And it's going to really talk about her life, how she faces off, you know, a lot of type of aliens and go to different dimensions and um, trying to get her life together because she's from another dimension. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, this queer character of color written by a queer character color. You don't get that very often. So it's right. really nice to see that. So I'm excited for this comic. I think this is going to sell really good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, like you said, it's not often that you get a queer character written by a queer person. Mm-hmm. So a queer person of color yeah. at that. So kudos to them. Um, I'm hoping that it's going to be everything that we want it to be. Mm-hmm. So it's it's something to look forward to to get us through this shitty-ass year. Yeah. And then we also get to see that, our, you know, we mentioned this before, Iceman has his comic coming out, um, which will be talking about, you know, his life as well as coming out. Um, but it's also written by a queer person in the center of grace. So I'm actually excited about that, too. That's what, That was nice to see. Just to see that. To, that was news that popped out today, but that was kind of nice to see. So we're supporting that. 
Um, we're supporting all of these type of things. So it's neat to see queer people writing and creating, but also to see queer characters at the forefront. So keep that going. Most definitely. Keep it going. And I think that's all for Miss uh, Aunt May's tea. Yeah, Do you have any more tea to spill? No more tea today. But as soon as we say that, it'll be a lot of tea probably coming from somewhere else later on tonight because it never fails. I mean, that damn, uh, I don't know if you saw it, that damn corn story. <laughs> Child, people will gas up any goddamn thing. I was, I was, first of all, I was in a doctor's appointment. Mm-hmm. So I came out and I was like, what is this like corn all over my Twitter hand, my Twitter timeline? had to bring up the screenshots and I was like okay I am through I said black twitter always it, basically they black twitter runs twitter there's no ifs ands or buts about it <laughs> we do run twitter it is and there's some of the best comedians on twitter who needs to be paid and y'all need to quit stealing their materials honestly some of y'all we, we know what you're doing so but anyway Yes, there's a lot of talented black folks on black Twitter, um, it's especially um, black queer Twitter. Let's that's not, that's, that's, also keep that real. But a lot of this is coming from us. <laughs> a lot of it's coming from us. When I look at some of the people who have like, you know, the 1.3 thousand fault, like retweets, it's coming from family. So just saying. We got some talented yep. mugs out there. We're pretty much everything. Yes, we are. We are. <laughs> All right, so let's get into our big king size issue today. And what we're going to talk about is, you know, people of color that we have grown up with and we love, that we've seen in, in, a, in a lot of the geeky things that we love. You know, you think about when you grew up and you saw that one lone black character, that one Latino character or Asian character um, in like Power Rangers or when you watched certain cartoons or like uh, for example for some of us you know we saw Jam we saw representation of all of us in some form or fashion or if you saw um, Captain Planet that was representations of different types of groups there was always a character that we probably really liked that we saw in horror or sci-fi or that we read in some of the books um, that we grew up with some of the sci-fi books we grew up with so we're going to talk about our favorite characters and why we love them so I'll let you start, Nick, with some people that you loved. Okay. So, a couple of mine, you know, are going to be video game based, of mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, my very first one is Jade. So, if you didn't know, Jade was in, I want to say, Mortal Kombat 2 hmm. that was released. And she, she was a, uh, a friend of Princess Katana. Mm-hmm. She was also her protector. Uh, or her like bodyguard so the story is that when Shao Kahn tried to invade the earth realm he wanted to get Katana I'm trying to remember this uh, so forgive me so uh, he tried to get Katana back and he tasked Jade to bring her back but she kind of do I go with honor or do I go with my friendship because Katana was the best friend of hers so anyway, Jade was a beast. If you remember, also remember Jade, I think like in uh, the Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, 
she had uh, her hair. Her hair was basically she was rocking a fade, and she was badass as she can be. She had a staff that kicked. It was just everything to me. And some of her fatalities, where she would basically skewer people, she would shake them to death when they would be nothing but bones. Uh, she got more uh, here in the updated versions of Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. She had her hair longer, you know, and trying to, you know, rock the uh, the Beyonce <laughs> and or the <laughs> the Naomi Campbells. And uh, you know, she got better and better, but then they killed her off. Uh, I want to say Mortal Kombat Nine. But she always stuck out to me because, one, she was a sister. Two, she was rocking a fade. And three, she was just an all-around badass. And to this day, some of the older generations of Mortal Kombat, she was the one character that I had trouble with. And I never could really master her. But she was always one of those admired kind of characters. And her body was sick. Oh, my, my yeah, I think I remember seeing. It. I was like, "Look at this! This girl up in this because you know, Mortal Kombat's been around since the '90s, and so it was nice to see a character of color as a woman. You know, because there was other characters of color, but as a woman, it was good to see that. Right, it's good to see that. One of my favorite ones is from <laughs> is from Fright Night Two, not the second remake of Fright Night Two. <laughs> But the original Fright Night 2, um, it was Belle. Belle was an androgynous black vampire who had long hair, um, just perfect. Like something about Belle was just so perfect. It was played by Russell Clark. Um, and Belle was dangerous, fierce, and attacked people in roller skates. That you can actually <laughs> watch Belle do this. Um, but you can like there you can there's some scenes you can probably go on YouTube of Belle. But Belle was fierce. Like Bear Belle had the makeup on. Um you you didn't know if it was if he was a woman or a man. It was kinda of androgynous about him. So therefore I like that about Belle. It was something that caught my eye, you know, and it made me think about how creative and powerful we looked as, you know, creatures of the night or anything like that because you didn't see us that way you know we got killed <laughs> in these movies right. but to see us as you know you know immortal beings was neat and and I also wanted to throw in quick um, vamp when you had Grace Jones as um, Katrina and she was an ancient Egyptian vampire queen you know and um, who was stripping down downtown Los Angeles? <laughs> but she was she had her minions. She had complete power. And again, to see us in that role, you know, was just amazing. Because it was like you know to see, you know, we're we we can be creatures of the night. We can be immortal. We can be these type of worship gods. So that was nice to see. So those are two of my favorite kind of vampires, you know. But also just kind of my to see us you know, kind of, you know, androgynous queer playing these roles. Yeah, that's, it's always good to see representation. <clears throat> now, another one of my favorite uh, here recently is uh, Idra from The 100. Uh, she's played by Adina Porter. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know Adina Porter, she's been on um, this season of American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. She was uh, Terrence Right. Mm-hmm. 
she was in the Roots uh, updated version. And what stuck out to me is she was she didn't play any games. You were a warrior. You knew your role. And if you were in her way, you either stepped out of her way or you would get killed. And though that was it. There was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. She was a fighter. You knew if she was on the screen that she was going to capture that scene. Mm-hmm. And if there was a fight scene, somebody's ass or somebody's throat was getting slashed. Mm-hmm. Now, I actually uh, don't even know if her character had got killed off or written off or whatever. But... I hope she comes back for the new season because the actually the 100 is a all around good series. And if you don't watch it, I would highly recommend it. Uh, but uh, Adina Porter, she is a great actress, and I would like to see her. I even think that she could play. Um, oh my gosh, Wonder Woman's sister. Oh, do we? Yeah, I think she would be a perfect choice for her. But yeah, that's well, that's another one of my picks. Idra from the 100. I've heard it. I mean, I I should check that show because I've heard a lot of good things about it. So I should check that show out just because I know it's been. It was in the news about the you know the lesbians dying or something, but I know I want to see. I actually want to see what the whole premise is. But you say it's good, so I'm gonna check it out just to see. It, it really is. Like at first, I was like, um, cause the the boyfriend had hooked me up to this, and I was like, uh, it's gonna be one of them fucking romantic ass space odysseys and i'm not here for that <laughs> but it is grim for a cw show it's very grim hmm. i were one of my other favorite characters was geraldine geraldine I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if i say her name right but um Geraldine. geraldine i'll say geraldine geraldine was in demon knight played by jada pickett smith and um i remember how it was just fun to watch as she became the demon knight um, because the whole thing was you know just there was demon knights are people who are protecting the world from these demons and they have the blood of Jesus in this thing and they pass it down from warrior to warrior to warrior and they kind of live through many years um, like they almost live forever until they die or you know in this battle and so she became the demon knight at the end of the movie but it was neat again to see a black woman become you know kind of this warrior of protecting the world from these demons and that was her job um and i wish you know we got more stories about that but i've always been curious like what would it have been if we had more stories of geraldine you know running around protecting the world from these demons and meeting other people so i thought that was really neat and throw another quick one in there um was um not really quick because we talked about this person forever but lafayette from True Blood. Now, I never watched True Blood, but I saw one scene in it where some homophobes came into the restaurant mm-hmm. and he gave them the business. And yeah. I was like, okay, I'm so here for it. Yeah. I'm so here for it. And I think Lafayette was was great to see because he twists all the roles of what it is to be a black gay person. But it was really nice to see, you know, Okay, he was kind of, the, you know, kind of the person who was holding things together at times. He also had abilities to to see, you know, spirits and all that good stuff. And he had a, a very compelling story throughout the seasons. And I wish, 
it would need if they do a spinoff from Lafayette because I think a lot of us would be watching it. You know, you know, it was really interesting that you know they had his boyfriend who was kind of a warlock um, and all that good stuff that died, sadly. But it 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 was good to see Lafayette and to have a queer black man in a supernatural show, you know, representing all facets of us. And it was just fun to watch. It was just really fun to watch. Yeah, I have to, I need to go back and watch True Blood because I was not hip to it when it was originally uh, released. So Mm -hmm. that's another thing that I have to put on my watch list. Another character for me is uh, Gogo Yubari from Kill Bill. Yeah. Now, even though she did die a crazy and brutal death, she did give Uma Thurman the business. Yeah. And honestly, she should have won. <laughs> what I liked about her, because for a minute, let me go on a, a rant here. Um, I did not like the bride at Kill Bill at all. She should have got killed by Vivica Fox, number one. But, you know, if this is a white girl, you know, she's got to be saving the day. Now, they go. They need to go ahead and make this another one where Vivica Fox's uh, daughter grows up and gets her revenge because it would only be fair. Yeah. But anyway, going back to Gogo, what, uh, what appealed to me was Gogo used like a... Um, it's similar to what Ivy Valentine uses in Soul Calibur, if you've ever played that. Hmm. Just see, her weapon can morph into something else. So that's what drew me to her at first. The second thing was her getting in that ass for the bride. So I, mm-hmm. I like that. And it was always, I'm always a, uh, I do love a good fight scene. Mm-hmm. And those fight scenes in Kill Bill were top notch to me. Yeah. Uh, and even though she was in the movie, maybe a total of like 15 minutes She's always said those characters. I look forward to seeing that that fight, and I can see it like every day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another one, and I need to go back and watch this because it's been so many years. But there was a movie, I think it was called Brother from Another Planet, um, and it was about you know a black man being an alien in in this world. And I think it was played by Papa Pope. I think I have to go back and look at this. Um, y'all correct me online about it, but it was a. A brother from another planet. It was really interesting because he, he was a black man from another planet. And you think about us. Sometimes we do feel like on another planet. You know, especially if you living down south, or you know, you, it feels like you're on another planet. You feel like that you don't fit, or you are an alien because of the way you're treated. And I think this was a interesting story because the movie came out in the '80s, um, and it was really. It was interesting because it was just like, what is, how does he feel being in this planet, but also um, being a black man, um, and what does that look like? So you know, it's quite interesting. It was in 1984, and it was Papa Pope. Papa Pope Joe Morton played the brother. So um, if y'all ever get a chance, it's called Brother from Another Planet. Check it out. It's very interesting um, because. He was an alien who escaped from his, as he was an escaped slave from his home planet. He comes to New York <laughs> just to realize that, you know, 
things are not that different and he's mute so that was also interesting to see how he kind of made it through and navigated through our world so you know check check that out that's another one that was interesting to me as a kid because i was like wow what does that look like to be from another planet you escape one issue to kind of get into another one you know uh joe morton acts his ass off in every damn thing that he does i'm so glad that he is getting the props that's rightly due to him mm-hmm. um so i actually i need to check that out because i always enjoy him when i'm watching him on the screen yeah now my final one is again from another uh fighting game and it's uh eddie gordo from the tekken series mm. uh what first appealed to me to uh eddie was he was big and strong and he had a bulge and his <laughs> his pants <laughs> i'm gonna just keep it honest um and if you don't know about eddie eddie is from I want to say Jamaica. No, I think either I think he's from Brazil. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he practices the uh, style, the fighting style of capoeira, uh, and capoeira can also be a dance. Well, it seems like they're dancing. Yeah. Um. But Eddie, his flu, the fluidity of Eddie moving and kicking ass was an art form in itself, even though it was pixelated. Yeah. Uh, and he was just all around, he was a cool character to, to use, even though I was terrible with him. And my sister uh, consistently kicked my ass with him. <laughs> it was always, he was always cool to watch. Yeah. And oh my God, he was fine as fuck. <laughs> Let me go ahead and go down to Brazil real quick and <laughs> catch me a husband. <laughs> Another one. Another one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a couple more, and I'll go through them really quick. Guinan from Star Trek um, was a neat character because it's by Whoopi Goldberg. She was kind of the bartender, but she was also slash therapist. But her history was very interesting because she was like 600 years old. Um, she was all-knowing, all-wise, and it was kind of neat. Um I kind of like those hats that she wore um, in every episode when she was in there. But, you know, it was a neat to have this all-knowing, all-wise character. So I always liked her. Mother Abigail from The Stand um, was, she was a 108-year-old black woman who was representing the the good that was left in the world after Captain Trips or I forgot the, the disease that kind of spread and mostly killed off everybody. Um... In the movie version, the TV movie version, she was played by Ruby D. Um, but if you read The Stand, which is a huge long book, <laughs> um, Mother Abigail was kind of, you could say she was a magical Negro, but at the same time, it was something enduring about her um, trying to save this world and being a beacon of good. That was really neat. Um, and Danny, Danny Moonstar from New Mutants. Um, <laughs> She was neat because the way she was introduced was very bold. She was very against white people. She was very, you know, not trusting in Professor X. But I like the fact that it was a Native American woman who had these powers to, you know, see inside your mind and play out your worst fears and fantasies. Um, she's always been a great character. She will be back in the updated New Mutants comic. Um, and so it's gr- she's always been an in- like intriguing character, so I've always loved her. 
And my last thrown-in character, even though I said that was the last, my last thrown-in character is Private Vasquez from Aliens. Because <laughs> she was like kick-ass Latina. I assume she was queer, but I'm, maybe I was wrong, but I'm, I'm assuming she was queer. But it was just something about her. It was just kind of strong and masculine, but she was a woman. And she had, you know, she was like, I don't need your help. You know, I can do this. She was more, I believe, you know, more stronger than Ripley was because she was like a warrior in this movie and I I hate that she died but I like the way she died she was like we fought a good fight but we're gonna get them they're not gonna get us and you know I like the way I ain't going out with no like no punk no that's how she was and I appreciate that character um so I hope she knows um that that's a character that many of us love and I will always always you know watch it just for her I actually watch it for her the act the actress is Jeanette Goldstein who played her but um and she won a Saturn Award for Best Supporting Actress for that so she made a big impact with many of us mm-hmm. over the years I haven't seen the Aliens uh trilogy in a long time it's fun you know like it's fun um, when you watch them all, and even the ones they did recently, where it was like the Aliens versus Predator, which actually had what's her name? She was kind of the, the savior in, in that one. Oh, I can I can see her face, but it was a black woman who was kind of the savior in that one, and um, it was really neat. Um, but yeah, it was. Um, hmm, it's interesting looking back. It's a lot of them. Some of them like, ah, oh, you could have left us alone, but. You know, I would say up to Aliens, they were they were pretty good when you look back at them. Yeah, I, I didn't like uh, Aliens 3 when they had to, when they killed off uh, yeah. Ripley. Everybody, well, people I know <laughs> don't like that one. But yeah. I'm like, she came back in Resurrection. Yeah, I kind of like Resurrection. People didn't like that. Well, I actually like that one. I did too. I was like, why? Like, it's and fun. that guy, the guy that was in uh, the original CSI, um, Oh God! What is his name? You know the good-looking black guy. Oh yeah. That. Um, he was the. I thought it was nice. I, I, I liked the movie. <laughs> yeah, I liked the movie too. I mean, I, again, people wasn't big fans of it, but it was fun. Like every time it comes on, I still watch it. Um, mm-hmm. um, I and I love to catch it from the beginning because I kind of like the you know they clone Ripley, and all that good stuff. But oh, uh, Alien vs Predator. Salon Latham, she was in that. She was the survivor, and they made and you know they even marked her. The predator race marked her as one of them. So I like the way that ended. That was pretty neat too to have her as kind of the hero of that movie. Because you know we don't make it out of uh, sci-fi movies. No, we usually die <laughs> or everything else. <laughs> we die and then the credits are still rolling. Yes. The opening scene is still acting. <laughs> well, that's it for us this week. Um, so I hope you enjoyed our show. Right, I hope you did. Um, and if you have any more characters that you uh, you think are uh, that you like that are queer, well, not queer, but people of color, uh, hit us up on Twitter, either at Megashine Pod or uh, Megashine. You can follow me at uh, Porter Pizzazz or Victor at Wonderman Five. Uh, follow us on facebook as well at the mega shame and if you want to listen which i know you will to our podcast either on itunes soundcloud stitcher uh like 
comment, and subscribe. That's right. And like, yeah, learn like us on on iTunes. We did somebody did like us on iTunes, so keep liking us. Uh, let's keep that going. So, right. Any final words? Um. Well, the holiday season has begun, so now we're hearing all this horrible. I don't like Christmas music. I hate it. So. You know what? I like Christmas music, like in the summer. <laughs> but Christmas music at Christmas just it it hurts me to my on a cellular level. It it hurts me. I used to work in in retail like briefly, like for for like winter break, and they used to torture us with that. So. I, I try to ban it in my office right now. <laughs> and another thing, while I'm on a little mini rant, don't ask me or tell me to be nice to my uh, fellow humans when A, Trump stole the election. I'm just going to say it right now. He did. Two, y'all been pieces of shit this whole entire year, and now all of a sudden I'm supposed to be nice to your ass? And nope. three, keep, keep your kids in order. <laughs> Ugh. And number four, don't ask me shit. I was just say for myself, if you show up at a store and you start ranting and raving, I bet not have a drink in my hand. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> I bet not have went to Jamba Juice because I was say, you know what? I just spent six dollars, but guess what? You're about to wear this shake. So I want you to go off in the store when I'm in it because you're gonna hear it from me or you will feel it from me. It, it'd exactly. be nonviolent, but I'm just saying. <laughs> And on that note, we out here. We are out. So see y'all next week.